Father, we just, just thank you, Father, for this day. Lord, we just worship you, Father. Lord, yes, you and you alone are our heart's desire. May that be true in our lives. Let that be the longing of our heart. As we sang, Lord, nothing else can satisfy you and you alone can satisfy. You said, Lord, to the Samaritan woman, if you drink, you will thirst again, but who drinks of me will never thirst again. But out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Father, this evening, even as we are here in your presence, Father, satisfy us with your goodness. Satisfy us with your word. Satisfy us, O Lord, and uh, and Lord, create in us that hunger and thirst for your righteousness. Because you said, Lord, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Satisfy us only, Lord, and, and create us, Lord. Create in us that hunger and thirst for righteousness, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, even as we now meditate upon your word, speak to our hearts. Lord, we just wait on you. In these last hours of hour of time, O oh Lord, we need to hear your voice even more clearly. And even as you said in your word, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. And Lord, give us open ears. Thank you. Anoint us to that end, we pray, even the speaking and the hearing of this word. In Jesus' name, Amen. So uh, we've been continuing, uh, continue to look at this uh, verse in Galatians chapter 5. Verse 25, and that verse has just sprung into my spirit. It just came to my spirit even as we've been hearing the verse, word, or the word, the week after last. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Your NIV translations will use the word, If we are living by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Yes? We looked at that several times. Romans chapter 8 verse 13. As many as are led by the Spirit of God are called the children of God. Second Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10. Eyes have not seen nor ears have heard what God has prepared for us. Those, those who love me love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. He has made us competent servants of the new covenant. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Not of the spirit but of the, le- not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills and the spirit gives life. Galatians chapter 3 verse 2. What does it say? He who works miracles and supplies the spirit as he do through the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. So let this verses just be a part of you and even as you meditate upon it over and over again and, um, um, I'm, I've been meditating upon that. And this particular verse, Galatians chapter 5 verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk or keep in step with the Spirit. There is something which, uh, two distinct uh, realities, living by the Spirit and also walking by the Spirit. And we know that God is Spirit and those who worship Him but must worship Him in Spirit and in truth. And if you are walking with the Lord, we have to walk in the spirit, yeah, that is something which we need to understand. So if you can, if you can actually turn to Romans chapter eight, it says, um, "For there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who do not." Okay, what is that? Walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For what God could not, for for what the law could not do, God has done by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned our sin in His flesh. 
in order that the righteous requirement of the Lord may be fulfilled in us, in those who do not walk according to the flesh, but who walk according to the spirit. You see that? We, this, is, this is essentially Christian life. Christian life is walking in the spirit, which is characterized by increased hearing and, uh, and, and increased separation from the things of the world. And we looked at two distinct characters in the Bible, uh, especially, I mean, la- last Sunday we concentrated on one person, Enoch walked with God. And and also Noah walked with God. Those two paradigms, right, in the new covenant, in the old covenant about walking in the spirit. One person who walked in the spirit, who was taken off, who was raptured, and the other who came through judgment. Both of them preserved by God and who walked with God. They had this distinction that they walked with God. And we looked at the life of Enoch. It was not there. Uh, but uh, Enoch, uh, once he was, I mean, when we were 65 years old, he had Methuselah. Once he had Methuselah, things changed in his life. He had an encounter with God. And how did he encounter God? He encountered God as what? As judge. And then once he had this encounter with God, everything else changed in his life. Okay. He saw God coming with how many saints? Ten thousands of his saints. And he had this ambition in his life that he wanted to be among that number. Okay, he had a holy ambition. And therefore, in order to fulfill that holy ambition, he walked with God for how many years? Three hundred years. It was a long obedience in a single direction. He was persistent in his walk with the Lord. And he agreed with God every moment. And then after that, he was raptured. We looked at that in, in, in detail last Sunday. Today we'll look at another character called uh, Noah who also walked with God and we'll find him in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8 onwards. Let's read that, Genesis chapter 6 from verse 8 onwards. Genesis chapter 6 when verse 8 onwards. But Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord or in the eyes of the Lord. This is the generation of Noah or the genealogy or genealogy of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. So this, we find this, this very interesting, most, I mean, powerful character called Noah, who found grace in the sight of God. Now, and look, I was just looking at, looking at this, and what kind of a background what kind of a spiritual environment was Noah living in when he found grace in the sight of God? See, that is very important for us to understand. Okay, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord, but there is a kind of a spiritual environment or a kind of a atmosphere, a spirit which was working during that time, which manifested itself in different ways. And in the midst of that kind of an environment, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. So let us look at, and then it says, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. He was a just man. He was perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. And he, Noah walked with God in a kind of a spiritual environment. What was that environment in which Noah lived in? We find that in Genesis chapter 6 verse 1. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and the daughters were, and daughters were born, born unto them that the sons of God, that is the fallen angels, saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Now this is the environment that was happening. This is a spiritual environment in which Noah was growing. It's happening in the spiritual realm by the way. And it was a satanic agenda to thwart the seed of the woman. We know that, right? Uh, when, when, um, when, um, 
God promised that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. Right from that time onwards, Satan had this agenda to corrupt the seed of the woman. So, sons of God were corrupting the woman. It was, this is a spiritual thing that is happening in the in the spiritual realm. Now, that was that was to thwart the plan of God of, for salvation, to thwart the messianic line. And of course, they were not successful because eventually the Messiah came. But what about us in this generation? Even now, there is a satanic plot to thwart God's plan through the church, which is essentially the seed of God. Because we are, the seed of the woman is, the, is Jesus Christ, and in, in that sense we are the bride of Christ, we are the body of Christ, and the satanic agenda is to, is to somehow spoil the plan of God through the church. I mean, Satan is not after the world, he's after the church, right? We know that. If you turn to, uh, please, First uh, Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 11, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and read from verses 1 to 3. Look at what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verses 1 to 3. Uh, and I'm going to read it in my, in my Bible and you can follow it in your translations. Oh, that you would bear with me a little folly and indeed you do bear with me for I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy for I betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. That is essentially what Satan is trying to do. You know, why, how, how, what is this agenda? To spoil the minds of, of the believers. To take their focus off God. Somehow. I know it says in Revelation that Satan has very little time and is coming with incredible wrath. Knowing that his time is short. And what is his, what is his agenda? Somehow corrupt the church corrupt us and that is essentially the environment we even we are living in. we are living in an incredibly hostile spiritual environment and that is the environment where in which Noah was living no the point is what was the manifestation of that environment how did it environment manifest itself what happened look at it says in what it says in Genesis chapter 6 same thing it says in Genesis chapter 6 the law the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were what? Evil continually. That's exactly what is happening. See, the spiritual environment is changed. The spiritual environment is corrupted. And how is it being manifested? Every thought of man is evil continually. Okay, that is how it's manifesting itself. Every thought of man, the minds of people are being made corrupt. If you turn to Second Timothy chapter 2, and then read, the, read the last two verses, look at, Paul gives an incredible uh, analysis of how the minds get corrupted. Second Timothy chapter 2, and also someone, someone can read Second Corinthians chapter 4 verses 4 onwards, 4 to 6. Second Corinthians, Second Timothy chapter 2, yes, yes, uh, you're, you can read it, yes. Yeah, in meekness and uh, instructing those who oppose themselves. If God might perhaps grant them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, yes. And that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken by him, who are taken captive by him to do his what? To his, do his will. That's what happens. Exactly what is happening even now. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verses 3 onwards, 3 to 6. Uh, simpler translation, somebody can read NIV maybe. 
Second Timothy chapter, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter four, verses three to six. Yeah, even if our gospel is veiled, yeah, only to those who are perishing. Yes, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of of unbelievers. Ah, to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel. You see, that's exactly what is happening. Corrupting the minds of people. So many of your minds, your concentration levels are so, so, so strong, no? Yeah. Easily you get distracted. Look, you don't have the ability to concentrate and be, to stay put on one particular job for an extended period of time. It's easy. Why? Minds. And every thought and intention of the heart is what? Evil continuously. This is the effect of what is happening in the spiritual realm. And many people are completely oblivious to it. But how is it being made manifest now? How are people actually viewing it in the earthly realm? Now turn to Matthew chapter 24, please. Matthew chapter 24. Read verses 37 onwards. 37 to 39. Read. 37 to 39. Matthew chapter 24. How are people looking at it? There's a there's an incredible spiritual uh, battle that is going on in the heavenly realms that is having an effect on the people. The earth is full of violence and is being made corrupt. The minds of the people are being is being blinded. But how are people responding? Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 24 verses 37 to 39. Read that. Uh, it was the same as in the days of Noah. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay, let me read it in my translation, okay. But as in the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. Now this, they are completely oblivious to what is happening in the spiritual realm. What are they doing? They are eating. What is the exercise? Has it got anything to do with the spirit? No. What are they doing? Drinking. What are they doing? Marrying and giving in marriage. And look at what it says. Until the day that Noah entered the ark and the verse 39, and they did not know. In other translations will use the word, they did not understand. They were without knowledge as to what was going on. That's exactly the situation in Noah's time. There's a spiritual battle that is going on in the heavenly realms. There's a manifestation of the spiritual spiritual walk in the minds of men. Minds of men is, is corrupt and it's being made manifest in violence. The earth was full of violence, corruption, every thought and intention of man was evil continually. And what are people doing? Eating, drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Life is usual. You know, that's exactly how we do Olympics. Next Olympics. So they're so sure next Olympics is going to happen. Tokyo. Then after in Tokyo, they will say Moscow. Moscow, they will say, they will plan eight years. Why? Because next time I'm coming. They're so sure. You see, they're marrying, they're, everything is normal. We're eating, we're drinking, we're marrying and giving in marriage, not understanding what is happening in the heavenly realms. There's an absolute spiritual battle which is going on, corruption happening in the minds of the people and complete blindness happening in the minds of the people. They're completely oblivious to what is happening in the spiritual realm. That is the environment in which Noah is living, exactly the environment that we and you and I are living. There were so many Jews who went who went to Babylon and some of them were godly too. But there was only one man who understood the signs of times. 
through the books. He says 70 years of captivity are over and for 21 days he fasted and he was not aware of the battle that was going on in the heavenly realms. God told uh, uh, Daniel that when the, when the, when the, when the, when the, when the angel comes and gives him the answer for his, he says the day you prayed, when you sought your face to seek God through fasting and prayer, the answer came. But in the heavenly, in the heavenly realms, there was a battle that was going on. The prince of Persia blocked me. And who came to, to, to fight for me? Michael the archangel came. Who knows this? None, nobody knows. God already has prophesied that 70 years of captivity is over. Everybody is living life as usual. There is an environment of absolute apathy. In that apathy, Daniel is found. Who understands the times. You need to understand this is such an important thing. That's exactly the kind of kind of environment that we are living and I, the more I pray now, I mean, I'm telling you honestly, I believe I actually started my ministry two months back. Till now, what I was studying and what I am studying right now is a total paradigm difference. And what is happening to the church? Most of us are absolutely unaware. We are marrying, we are eating and drinking and marrying. We are completely oblivious to what is happening in the spiritual realm. And our minds, our minds of our children is blocked. How many of our children, really, you know, we, we need to ask as parents. You know, I listen to some testimonies of, uh, of people in the churches. In some churches where six-year-olds get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they're prophesying and they're praying in tongues and they're weeping. And they go and ask him, what does a six-year-old, six-year-old understand? They're going to ask him, you know, why were you crying, brother? Why were you crying? You know what he says? I don't know why I was crying, but there was a heavy burden in my heart. I couldn't stop crying and prophesying in the tongue, in tongues. You know what, you know what the man of God is saying? This man, this little boy surrendered his heart and mind and body to God and the Holy Spirit was groaning through him. Do we find such generation? A kind of people who understand the signs of times, who understand the kind of spiritual environment that we are living in. And do, do we understand how minds of the people are blinded and how people are actually going about life as usual? There's no sense of urgency. In that environment, God says, Noah found grace. You know, it is not a Sunday school lesson, no? In Sunday school lesson, everybody likes Noah. It's not a Sunday school class. In that environment, Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. Wow, that's an awesome thing. Now you understand how important it is to find what? Grace in the sight of the Lord. Now you need to ask this question. Why did Noah find grace in the sight of the Lord? Was it a sovereign work of God? Maybe it is. I don't want to discredit that. But I know the one verse which says in the, in the Bible, it says, God resists the proud. So, and if it has to be consistent through scripture. Right? So, just turn to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. And read a few verses for me. Somebody can get into the NIV and just do it faster, okay? KJV kind of will impede our progress, okay? So many things to learn. <laughs> Genesis chapter 5 verses 28 onwards, 28 to 29, that's all. Read to just two verses. Yes. Hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know what? 
Lamech had a son. His name was Noah. Noah means essentially the root word comes from the root word comfort. And Lamech, he saw the spiritual environment that he was living in and he said, my son will be the bearer of the messianic line which will overcome the curse that is on the earth. We sing that song. No more let sin and sorrows grow nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow. What? For as the curse is found, for as the, for as the, for as the curse is found. And what is he saying? He's looking at no one. He's saying, my son, you know what? I'm going to mentor my son. I'm going to, you know what? Have a generation which is on fire for God. How different this Lamek is from the other Lamek. You know, there's another Lamek. Genesis chapter 4, verses 18 to 24. Somebody can read it. It's the story of the great man <laughs> from the line, line of Cain. Cain also has sons, Baba. Okay? To have children, it's not a big deal. Hmm? But you know what God, God says in Malachi? Why did I make you one? So that I may have a what? A godly seed. To have a godly seed. Boy, you have to work. And how can you have a godly seed which is on fire for God? Unless and until you find a Lamech who is willing to say, My son is going to be the bearer of the messianic line. And how can we also not have children over whom we will say, You know what? My daughter, my son will also be the bearer of the messianic line. What it says about Lamech, Genesis chapter 4 verses 18 to 24. Yes, Sam, read it. Ah, that is what Lamechs do from the lines of Cain. They took for them, take for themselves. Okay, they are not interested in any other thing. Lamech took them, took for himself two wives and then? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then? Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or a very, very, very successful family, Baba. Lots of talents. If you look at that family, Baba, everybody is a musical, music player. One is an engineer, another is a doctor. Oh, too much of prosperity in the family. If, if you, if I were, I mean, if I, if I was reading, I wish my son would be like this. Inventors. You know what Romans chapter 1 will say? They are not what kind of inventors? Inventors of evil, Abba. That is the point. They are inventors of evil. It's not that invention in itself is wrong. The invention is in the hands of a person who is an evil. So invention becomes evil. So Lamech, yes, go on. Then what did, what did Lamech do? Yeah, verses 22, 23, now 24. Yes. Lamech said to his wife, Ada and Zila, hear my voice. The wives of Lamech, listen to my speech. Boah, I have killed violent man. That is the reason why you know what God says in Malachi. He says, I have been a witness between you and the wife of your youth. You are having a garment of what? Violence. Violent garment. And what do those Lamechs bring? They don't bring forth any seed which will have an impact in eternity. Whereas Noah was a son of another Lamech. You said, you know what, Lord? This guy will be the bearer of the messianic line. And he trained them. My dear little young parents. Parents of young, small children. I'll tell you something. 
train up the children in the ways of the Lord when he is when? Young. And if he is a rebellious son or daughter when he is young, use the stick and break the rebellion. Don't be hesitant of that. No, one, one, of, one of our parents will say, beat them now, discipline them now, once they are teenagers, we can be cool. If you don't discipline them now, finished. They'll become rebels. And you have Noah, why did he find grace in the sight of the Lord? I believe he was a submissive guy. You know, it says in Luke's Gospel, Luke's Gospel chapter 2, Jesus went back to Nazareth, went down to Nazareth and was submissive to his parents and Jesus increased in stature and in wisdom, finding favor with God and with man. And how, what did, what does it, what does the Bible say about Noah? Noah found grace in the sight. Why? Because he had a submissive spirit. Spirit of submission. A lot of people have, have taken it to the other extreme and they don't understand submission at all. So we have Noah, a man who was submissive, who had a humble spirit. And you know what happens? Naturally, he will, he should be finding grace in the sight of the Lord. Create a generation, mentor a generation which are humble, which is humble, which is submissive, which will listen to the parents. You know, there's a difference between an ox which never bore a yoke and an ox which bore a yoke. You know, how can you differentiate between an ox which bore a yoke and we never bore a yoke? I'll tell you. You take a whip and whip an ox which never bore a yoke. You know what it will do? It will jump and kick you. But you know what? You spank or whip an ox which bore a yoke, it will work faster and it will become more efficient. Have you seen? What what, are the, what, what, what happens to all these farmers? Chuck, 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 chuck. What happens to those fellows? Do they rebel against the farmer? No. What do they do? They do the work more efficiently. That is the reason why it says in Lamentations chapter 3, it is good for a man to bear the yoke of discipline when he is, ah, when he is young. That is the reason why I, I like Issachar so much nowadays. As if, uh, Genesis 49, Issachar was a donkey between two sheep folds and he looked at the rest of the other kingdom and he gave his shoulder to bear what? To bear the burden. And that is the reason why it says in 1st Corinthians chapter 12 verse, 1st Chronicles chapter 12 verse 31 that the sons of Issachar had the understanding of the times and there were only 200 people. That's all you need. That's all you need. 200 people who bore their, who bear their yoke, who submit to authority. That's all you need. You don't need too many. 200 people, as I said, the, number, the more the number of zeros, the greater the number of heroes. Okay? That's all sons of Issachar were. They said, you know what, Lord, take my burden. I want to be a burden bearer. Okay? So let us, let us understand this. These are the principles. And Noah was a man. I believe very, very honestly that he was a man who was submissive in his house. And God looked at all the earth, boy. And he was searching. Where are the submissive ones? Where are the submissive ones? Noah. Submissive. May not be perfect. Submissive. And he found grace. And you know what? The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout all the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are stayed on him. And he sees in GTC 2. Two and fro, two and fro, two and fro, two and fro, two and fro. One man. Submissive. Let me give him the burden. Let him, let me, let him find grace in my eyes. So Noah found grace. 
in the sight of the Lord. Now the point though here is, how do you know that Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord? Kada. So what are the, what are the, uh, what do you say, what are the criteria? What is the fruit that Lord, the God, the God is looking at? So you and I can look at in order to know that a man is under grace. Okay. So it says, now turn to now to Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8 now. So Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord and these is the genealogy or the generations of Noah. It's remarkable, isn't it? He doesn't, generations and genealogy means what should you immediately say? His children. He doesn't talk about his children. <laughs> this is the generation. This is one of the, uh, there are 11 statements of these are the generations of the earth. This is one of those 11 statements in Genesis. This is the generations of Jacob. How does it start? Joseph. Remember? Pastor James preached upon that sometime back. And what is, this is the generation of Noah. How does it start? He was a, just man, righteous man. So that is the first effect of grace. What is the first effect of grace? Righteousness. This is not justification. This is not positional righteousness. By grace you are saved through faith. This is not positional righteousness. That is the reason why I was saying, Romans chapter 8 verse 1, 2, 3, 4 will say, you don't have to turn there. For there is no, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For what the law could not do in that it was weak to the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin he condemned our sin in his flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law could be fulfilled in us. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That is the righteous requirement of the law. Now what is the righteous requirement of the law being fulfilled in us? It is not the positional righteousness God imputes in us. It is the work that God does in us through sanctification. And what is the righteous requirement of the law? Of 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 of, uh, of the law? It is love. The end of commandment is this: it is love from a what? Pure conscience. Love. The end of commandment is what love? Loving God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, and with all of your might. Your heart is absolutely sold out. There is no other place for anybody in your heart other than God. That is love. That is righteousness. The end of commandment, he says, what is the commandment? How do you read it? Love your Lord your God with all of your heart. And love your neighbor as yourself. First you have to love, love God. And how do I know? Is God first in my life? Is, are his commandments burdensome? So many parameters. But first thing, he was a righteous. Three things. He was a righteous man. He was a complete man. That is perfect in his generations. And he was, third one, he was a godly man. A righteous man, a perfect man. And a, a complete, a righteous man, a complete man, and a godly man. Three things. That is the work of grace. Complete man is not Raymond's. Raymond's the complete man. Inta lie. What a lie it is. And after you get a Raymond cloth, you feel so good. Just because of that advertisement. Nonsense. You wouldn't believe it how people sell suits in the, in the market. Oh, they have touch points. And they will sell you products by touching you. You know that? I went to Canada, no? I mean, I wanted to buy a suit for myself. I wanted to buy a cheap suit for myself. And I went to this Italian uh, shop. He looked at me and he said, Bakra agya. <laughs> and, he, and he started t- t- taking all the suits. Sir, this will look good on you, sir. This will look good on you. I was looking at it and I said, okay, okay, fine, let me just try it out. And you know what? He used to put it on me and touch me at point somewhere. And I used to feel so good. Are, wow! 
And I was sold. I was spooked. And I, by the time I finished shopping, $25 for a student. Three meals. Spooked, lock, stock and barrel. See, that is exactly how. So, this is not that complete man. He was a righteous man. He was a complete man. He was a godly man. That is the effect of grace. What should you become first? You should become a righteous man. But how do I know he is a righteous man? Hebrews chapter 11 now. Hebrews chapter 11. Somebody read verse 7 and 8. Actually, verse 6 and 7 maybe. Yeah, 7 and 8. Yeah, 7 and 8. Ah, uh, without six, Adi. You are not reading seven. Yeah, yeah, seven and eight. Yeah, read it, better. better. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen. So you know, first thing, you know, you know how I'm a righteous man. I have a divine revelation. Adi, what do I have? Okay, now. How do I need, how do I receive revelation? Simple. Let us go back the steps. Noah found grace in the sight of the Lord. Why did Noah find, find grace in the sight of the Lord? Because he was a submissive man. So if you are submissive, you find grace in the sight of the Lord. And if you find grace in the sight of the Lord, you are righteous man. And what is the one first thing about a righteous man? He has a revelation. And you know, that revelation is just not for preachers, Baba. Ah. It is not for just preachers. It is for everybody. <laughs> or I don't need to have. I don't need to have a revelation. How many you think that you don't need to have a revelation? I can live my life without revelation. Pastor will do that work for me. Think about that. The first thing about a righteous man is that he has what? Divine revelation. Divine revelation. He was being divinely warned of God. That is the reason why I said all these Old Testament saints were not ordinary people. They were extraordinary. They were natural, ordinary people, but they had extraordinary spiritual life. They were just not mere men. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 3. We know that, right? We don't, we already know. Are we, are we not behaving like what? Mere men. I could not speak to you like, 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 like mature, but like babes in Christ because there was envy and jealousy among you. And he says, you are babies and you're, if you're a baby, how do you behave like a mere man? A spiritual babe is a man who walks like a normal person. That means you can, you don't have a difference between this fellow and the person in the world. Same lifestyle. Same dress. Same college. Same university. Same food. Same movie. He comes to church, he goes to temple, finished. Any difference? What is he? A mere man. That is a babe in Christ. And this man was not a mere man. Old Testament saints were not ordinary saints. Look at Enoch. He had a revelation of the second coming of Jesus. God coming back with ten thousands of his saints. Come on. Come on. And we have the written word. They didn't have the written word and they had divine revelation. How much more you and I should have when we start. That is the reason why I say, you know, there are three important things. You know, the minimum number of uh, of uh, legs you need to have to keep a stool stable. Tell me. No, 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 no. Three. Three, minimum three. As robotics law first lesson. <laughs> so you're all roboticists. That's the first lesson in robotics. You need minimum three. That's why that's the reason called tripod. There's no bipod. There's a biped called human, but he's well a very sophisticated fellow. He's got a brain. <laughs> okay, okay, that is the reason he's able to be be stable for two. So you know what are the three? I, I, for me, this is what I believe are the three three legs for a stable life. First is meditation. Everybody say. Second is prayer. Say everybody say prayer. Third is worship. 
Meditation, prayer, worship. Now ask yourself this question. How many of you worship today? Everybody is looking at me. As if, this is such a simple thing. But simple things are very difficult in Krishna Baba. These are the very simple truths, but these are upon the simple truths upon which Christianity should stand. You're stable. You know, you know why you're unstable? Because one of these legs is not there. Either meditation is not there, or prayer is not there, or worship is not there. How many of you sing songs? Come on! <laughs> Do you worship when you're in private? Some of you worship, but they will never pray. Some of your prayers, oh Lord will say, same old prayer over and over and over again. Repeat the cast, Baba. Cast? It's like a cassette. Same thing over and over and over. Nothing in his life. You know, that is the reason why you should start speaking in tongues. You know why? I'll tell you why. Two things. First of all, you don't understand what you're, what you're praying. Very good thing for you. Because it says, the spirit himself groans with our spirit, with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he who knows the mind of the Lord knows, etc, etc. And he will pray according to the will of God. And the will of God in your life, he will pray. So surrender your body. Second, if you pray for five minutes, it is equivalent to several hours. I'll tell you why. That is a heavenly language, right? Mene means, your kingdom has been, you have been weighed in the balance and found wanting. One word. One heavenly language, one word has got so much of meaning. Now think about one syllable in your in your tongues, how much meaning? So even if you get one syllable, Baba, some people are looking at me as if this is something strange. This is reality, Baba. So imagine if you pray for five minutes in tongues. Imagine if you pray for 24 hours in tongues. Adi. So three things. What is that? Worship, meditation, prayer. Okay, so I pray in tongues, I, I pray with, in the spirit, I pray with also understanding. Baba, less of understanding, more of in the spirit, Baba, in these last days. Okay, so first, how do I know that he is a righteous man? He had what? Divine revelation, meditation. See, you need to meditate. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, not stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the council, but he is delight. Oh boy, how can we delight in the commandments, Baba? How can we delight in commandments? Ask Abigail, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Her father looks like a tyrant for her. His face, look at my father's face. Why is your face like that? Like that? You're calling me, don't. Now, what, you know what David says? When the commandment came, your face looks so pleasant to me. How? To David. How come David's experience is so different from our experience? You know why? Because he delighted in the law. He did not even obey the law. He did not even keep the law. He doesn't say, but his... But he obeys the law. No, 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 no. He says he delights in the law of the Lord. And he meditates upon it day and night. A revelation. A revelation. Divine revelation. A mind that is been framed by the word of God. Okay. Second. Let's. Yeah. Yes. Move with godly fear. What is what is that? Uh, so, uh, see, uh, b- being warned, first of all, and second he says, of things not yet. Ah! He saw the what? Unseen. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse, last verse. Second Corinthians chapter 4, last verse. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse, last verse. We looked at it several, several times, but once again, the 255th time. 
I'm not making, I'm not thinking about keeping account. I'm exaggerating. It's called a hyperbole. No, no problem. Hyperboles just to make a point. What does it say? Oh. Ah, we do not look at the things which are seen. Yes. What the things which are unseen are eternal and the things which are seen are what? Transient. You know what? You know, I like the word transient. You know what a transient is? Uh, you and I should know. We're all engineers. Okay. Even you see an oscilloscope, you have a, a sine wave like that. It doesn't stay for long. No, it, it dies off. That is what Christian life, uh, our life on earth is. Life on earth is transient. The steady state when, <laughs> when we go to heaven. <laughs> so he says there are 80 years of this life. In 80 years, what you do for God. That is the reason why it says heaven and earth will pass away. But he who does the will of my father abides forever. Now think about it. All the mountains think that they abide forever. Mount Everest will think, you know what? I So many people died because of me. <laughs> they tried to climb me and they died. I am forever. They all died. Transient human beings. But you know what God tells the mountain? One day you will be rolled like a scroll. Like a carpet. I will fold you, throw it. But those people whom you thought were transient, if they did the will of the Father, they will abide forever. Okay. So what are you living for? Do you know God's will for your life? Question. Fine. First, he had divine revelation. His eyes were on the unseen. Third thing, he had holy fear. What fear? Holy fear. Very, very important. Let us look at a few verses from Proverbs. We know those famous verses of fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. We know that the fear of fear of the Lord is a choice. We also know the fear of the Lord has to be has to be searched for, etc., etc. But I want to look at some other verses. Turn to Proverbs chapter ten, verse twenty-seven, please, quickly. Somebody read fifteen thirty-three. Ten twenty-seven first. Ah, I like that. The fear of the Lord prolongs days. Okay. You know, you know, this is how I read it. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, meaning, if you fear God, He will give you sufficient time to finish His work in your life. You will not die before your Adi. It's amazing. He will, that is the reason why it says, better is one day in your courts than thousand elsewhere. In other words, all the time that you waste thinking that you will be able to become something in the world, you spend one day in his court, by faith God is going to give you all those thousand years, thousand days. That is the tremendous thing about the fear of the Lord. That is the reason why you know what, what, you know what it says in Psalm 90, Lord from everlasting, you have been our no, 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 no. You have been our dwelling place for all generations. In other words, you know what he says? Lord, in you. And what? From everlasting to everlasting? You are God. No, if I am in, if God has been my dwelling place to all generations, and if from everlasting to everlasting he's existing, and if I am in God, how long will I exist? Adi, point. That is the reason why in Christ. See, the will of God. You will finish everything if you are in the will of God. First, that is Proverbs chapter 15, verse 27. 1533, somebody. 1533. 
Abba. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. How many of you hate sin? Is a question. I mean, you don't raise hands now. Everybody will say I hate sin. Really? There is pleasure in sin. To hate sin. To hate evil. 16.6 Proverbs. Next, 19.23, somebody. 16.6. Iniquity is purged and from the by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Right? To 19.23. Extends to life. 24, 24 Proverbs. Humility is, oh no, no, no. Humility is the fear of the Lord, isn't that? Oh no, 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 no. Excuse me? The reward of humility is the fear of the Lord. NSB is a beautiful translation, right? That's your NSB Bible, if I'm right. And 2317, I love this. This is the best thing. 2317, underline it, put several stars there. 2317. Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't envy sinners. Be thou in the fear of the Lord. Okay. So he, he was moved with, so he was looking at all these people who are enjoying life. Noah. Are you will under enjoy a sinner. I don't know whether this is going to come or not. No. Moved by the fear of the Lord. He was not, he, didn't have his eyes on others, including his own kith and kin. He had three daughters-in-law. Right? Were they, they were, were they clean? Yes, they were clean. Did they have families? Yes. But were they saved? No. One man of God puts it very interestingly, no? He says, we pastors are very, very foolish. We think we are wise, but we are very foolish. So whenever somebody cries, we'll just open the door and come. So what did, you know what God did? He took the keys of the, of the, of the ark. So that nobody would open after they just shut. One, you know, Noah's family would have come and said, Noah, please, Noah, please, Noah, please, Noah, can you open? You know, once you see tears and the pastors will say, Are, poor fellow, you know, let him, let us show some mercy. You know, he's crying. We are moved by tears easily. I, I tell people, no, when you're crying, let there be a reason. You know, it's a very interesting thing. He says, he stores my tears in his bottle. No, if he are shedding tears, are those tears worth to be put in a bottle? In a bottle. That's the reason I tell my daughters. Oh, when they start, there's a tap there. Kolai pesarikla. It'll come. Especially my little one. They start us off, you know. As, and I tell them, if you cry without reason, I will give you a reason to cry. <laughs> you understand that? Okay, so <laughs> Noah, you know what, God, God is very smart. He knows Noah's heart. Noah is a very, very, he's more compassionate than God sometimes. Shut the ark. 2317. Okay, he was, and what did he do next? Moved with godly fear, he, what did he do? He built an ark. Adi. You know what? Building, that is a work of grace. How do I know that I have grace? I build, I build something which will last judgment. First Corinthians chapter 3, please. Somebody read it. First Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to tell you the verse. Quickly. First Corinthians chapter 3. I love this verse. You know why? Because Paul is like a crazy fellow here. I mean, he makes some crazy statements which are so profound. First Corinthians chapter 3. And it says, 
Um, uh, oh, sorry, chapter three. No, yeah, sorry. It was was uh, was uh, eleven onwards, or oh, verse ten onwards. According to the grace of God given me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else laid. A building upon it. You know what? It, you know what he's actually alluding to as a skilled master builder. Whom is he alluding to? He's actually alluding to the work of the Spirit in Proverbs chapter eight as a skilled master builder. Remember that he laid the foundations of the earth. That's exactly what he's alluding to here. Okay, and then, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So we are all not in a position. I mean, we are not in apostolic foundation is already being laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Don't rebuild the foundation and reprogram the foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ. Lay the proper foundation and then he says, look at what it says. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, that day will test it. How, by how? By what? By fire. And what is going to come out? Wood, hay, stubble is going to burn. And what is going to come out? Gold, silver and precious stone will come out. Yes. Okay, now, no, the point here is this. What are we building in our lives that will stand judgment? Is a question. Are we building something which will stand judgment? It says in Hebrews chapter 12, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. So that things that cannot be shaken can remain in our lives. Ask about, ask about your relationships. Are there strong relationships? Are husband and wife sold out for God? Relationships in the church. Strong relationships. Everybody is sold out for God. Are we building? Are we building? First of all, are we building at all? You know, it's hard work. And I'll tell you something. God does not excuse laziness. Hard work. Hard work. Hard working person. Several years. Whose money was it? He was building the ark. Who's, who's, who's giving the money? Ah, he's working with his own money. So where are, where, where are your finances? That's the reason why you know what he says. Store up for yourselves what? Treasures in heaven where moth and rust. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 12 please somebody quickly. First Corinthians chapter 14 verse 12. You can read it in NKJV. It's very nice in NKJV. Even so you. Yes, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts. Ah, kya baat hai. Let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel in. So what was he doing? Excelling, working hard. Working hard, my goodness. That is the reason why Paul tells Timothy, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not, need not be ashamed. Question, are we hard working? What is the work of grace? In First Corinthians chapter 15 it says, I worked harder than all, the, I labored, labored more than all those people, yet not I, but the grace of God which is in me. Interesting. So that is that is that is the, that is a competition that you can have. A lot of people have competition and gifts. Okay, I can sing better, I can preach better. But how about I can work harder? Well, that is an interesting competition, no? And that is the reason why I look at Pastor James. Pastor James is working for sixteen hours. I want to work for eighteen hours. No problem. 
at least i want to i don't maybe i'm not <laughs> it is i want to work harder let i mean that is the reason why he says in second timothy chapter 2 he says think upon these things who's going to give you understanding the lord is going to give you understanding first of all you have to think matlab you have to weigh, you have to really invest time and work hard a hard working farmer which is easy hard working farmer or an athlete which is easy hard working farmer hard working farmer and then he condemned the world okay hard working farmer and he condemned the world through his actions in other words his life was completely focused on god that is the reason why it says in john's gospel chapter 3 it says this is the condemnation that light has come into the world but men loved darkness more than light because their deeds are evil exactly what noah did he was working and working and working on the on the things of god and when he was doing the things of god the entire world was stood condemned you know what nobody has any 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 excuse they cannot say you know what noah didn't warn us he was also called a ward of righteousness a preacher of righteousness noah was building the ark he was absolutely focused on the ark and that day nobody will have an excuse and you and i on that day will not have an excuse you know why you will not you will not you cannot say you know what i was i was not informed i was not taught you know what god will do he will show examples of people who had lesser privileges than than we had and then we enjoyed but were more faithful to god and we will not have any excuse on that day first so first was he was a righteous man second was he was a perfect man what is a perfect man mean complete man what is complete man mean he, once he started something he finished it he was not mr sardis somebody has the niv bible please read uh, revelation chapter 3 verse 1 niv bible revelation chapter 3 verse 1 niv only Revelation chapter three verse one. Church in Sard. Yes, right. Yes. Yes. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead. And then go on. Wake up. Strengthen what remains. and about to die complete complete before i have not found your deeds actually the and the new niv will say i found your works unfinished unfinished before god unfinished you know that is a mark of spiritual death by the way start stop syndrome flip flop flip flop flip flop he'll start he'll stop he'll start he'll stop nothing is complete how does his home look like lego kit at least like you know lego kit of children actually nothing is there everything is all sharp and jagged have you seen jagged homes when you look at it what do you say chi that's exactly how many many spiritual lives are nothing is complete nothing is brought to completion and you know what it means this guy had this focus lord i am pressing on to perfection what you have started in my life i am going to cooperate with your spirit until you finish it in my life I'll give you an example of this. Okay, turn to First Kings, Second Kings, chapter seven. Second Kings, chapter seven, verses one, two, three, four. Second <laughs> Kings, chapter seven, verses one, two, three, four. Okay, you are reading the KJV. Please let us look at a simpler translation. Okay, Second Kings, chapter seven, verses one, two, three, four. 
Then Elisha said, Let, listen to the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour for a shekel, two measures of barley. In other words, you know what he's prophesying? He's prophesying plenty. Okay? He's prophesying plenty. And what happens? Next verse. In the gate of Samaria. Yes. Ah, the royal officer on whose hand the king was leaning. Kings are like that. And answered the man of God and said, Be- Yeah. Oh, will this thing be unbelief? You know, these are lazy fellows. What are they? They're all armchair Christians. Ah, they will only criticize, 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 criticize. They'll do nothing. What are they? Just this. They will look at other people's work and they will say, ah, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Look at you, Noah. They're all critics. You know, there are three kinds of people who come to church. One is visitors. Second is inspectors. Third are believers. And fourth is disciples. What are the visitors? Second is inspectors. They're critics. Oh, what is happening? What are you going on? What is, how are you spending the money? Oh, you are the only big man who is giving all the money and that is because of your money everything is going on over here. Huh? Inspectors. They are called IGs. Without the IPS. They are self-declared IP, IGs. You know, these, we, we don't want those, those kinds of people, Baba. We want people who are disciples who are sold out for God and only those disciples can make disciples. Subtitles later on. You see? And who was the first disciple? Isaiah 50? You know it. Who were the first disciples? Jesus. It says, God, the Lord gave me the tongue of a disciple. Why did I get a tongue of a disciple? Because morning by morning he wakens me. Then he wakens my ear. And then he opens my ear. Hearing, hearing. He wakens me, he wakens my ear, and he, he opens my hearing. Three things happen there. Three stages. So that I can hear, and then I can have a word in season for the one who is weary. He is a disciple. And because he is a disciple, he could make twelve disciples only. And one of them was a son of the devil. Okay, How many disciples are we making? First of all, to make disciples, we should be disciples. So that are three, four kinds of people. Inspectors, visitors, Believers, disciples, what are you? So now think about this. So you have this guy. Read on, sister. Read on. Second, uh, second Kings chapter seven. Yes. Ah, uh, you will see it with your own eyes. Yes. Abba, what? You know, be very careful what you speak to a man of God. Very careful. You know, there is tadastu in heaven. Tadastu devatalandro. Oh, it cannot happen, it cannot happen, it cannot happen. Tadastu. In other words, Amen. So many people are saying, I cannot do it, I cannot do it, I cannot do it. And God says, there is one man who is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he is saying, Amen. Do you want those Amens, Baba? So, Amen happened. And the next verse. Look at what happens. Next verse. Kya baat hai? Ah. This is awesome. There are four lepers who are going to teach the entire 
unleper, unleprous Israel a lesson. Four lepers, okay, at the entrance of the gate. Now, what are they doing? And they said to one another, Ah, if I sit here, what will happen to me? I will die. Okay. chasta. Okay. If I go back into the city, I will die. If I go into the enemy territory, I might get killed. I might get a blessing. Which is the, tell me which is the safest place? Which is the safest? Ah, you see, I'll let me tell you. That is the reason why I like Dinesh, Dinesh Dishuza's awesome statement. Okay. Dinesh Dishuza was asked, they asked him, you know, why? How come, you know, you're not afraid of all the criticism that comes your way? And you know what he said? There is a protection in battle that nobody can enjoy. I, I was stunned at that statement. There's a protection in battle that nobody can enjoy. The battle is the safest place for a believer. If you go back, you will die. If you stay there, you will die. Where should I go? And what are you? What are you? A leper. Are we lepers? Absolutely. You know what people, what, what people do? They, they examine their leprosy. They become, they become examiners of their own leprosy. Oh, really? look at my leprosy. It's coming off. Look at my hands. What can I do? What can I do? You know what God says? You know what he, he told that guy? If Remember that uh, that uh, that uh, devotion that pastor sent on Spurgeon? Spurgeon, you know what he says? One guy, if he has leprous, leprous from head to toe, what should the priest pronounce him? Clean! Kya baat hai? The priest will pronounce him clean. And if God has called you clean, who are you to call yourself unclean? And what does the leprous fellow do? He says, I will press on into the battlefield. You know what Noah is saying? I will press on till I finish the work that God has started in my life. Hebrews chapter 6 now. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 to 6. Somebody can read it quickly. Yes, of Christ. Ah, let us press on to maturity, completion, perfection, etc. Yes. This is from dead works. Mm-hmm. 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 And eternal judgment, etc. And eternal. Yes, this we will do. Yes. But, look at this. You see, if you are not pressing on towards perfection, this is the danger. Ah, if they have, once enlightened, if they have tasted the heavenly gift, the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them back to repentance, is what? It's impossible. It's impossible. What a solemn warning. Again, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 37 to 39. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 37 to 39. In a very little while. Yeah, the one who is coming will return. How much time? What is little while? Very little while. So it's a double adjective over there. Very little while. Okay, move on. Yeah, he will not delay. Yes. My righteous one shall live by faith. If he draws back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. And we can draw back until what? Unto perdition. Okay, if you stay there, you will die. If you go back, you will die. You see that? If you stay there, you will die. If you draw back, you will die. Where are you safe? In battle. Going forward toward perfection. That is Noah. So you have a righteous man. Second, complete man. Third, a man 
who walked with God. In other words, he did not use his own ideas to build the church. Amos chapter 3 verse 3, can two walk together unless they are agreed? That means what? Lord, how do I build? This is how you build. Agreed? Agreed. But Lord, I think if this is like this, it will be better. No, 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 no. Have you seen judgment? Have you seen the future? Who knows the future? Who can see the end from the beginning? I can see the end from the beginning. Who's, who knows better? You know better. What should you do? Agree. But Lord, I just graduated from IIT with civil engineering. I am master in structures. If you if you are a master in structure, let me tell you, your structure will fall. All your earthly wisdom, pack it up and throw it in the garbage bin. What should you do? That's exactly what Paul said. All my earthly achievements, I consider it as what? Bah, dung. Have you smelled dung? Okay. You know, some people say, every kampu vaad impu. Every man's dung smells sweet to him, but our dung is not like that, Baba. <laughs> you see? It's dung. So all your earthly achievements, what are they? Dung. You know, it's a, it's a very offensive statement for a lot of people. Especially if you have a lot of degrees. And if you, people don't call you doctor, you get offended. And you know, Dr. Richard gets, gets to be called Dr. Richard all the time. And I'm like, I am also doctor. <laughs> then you know what God says you are not doctor you are doctorate you are not doctor you know, don't put doctor again you know if you you know in, in, in the in the in the in the reservation applications you know they will say what is your title I'm tempted to put doctor just in case one guy is dying they will come to me what will I do kill him <laughs> who the doctor on the flight who oh, doctor Vijay no 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 I am not the doctor dead you see, you need to understand, what God is doing is, you know what, a completely heavenly thing, agree with him. That is the reason why Romans chapter 12, you know what, verse 1, 2 and 3, 1 and 2 will say, My dear brothers and sisters, I beseech you by the mercies of God, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable for this is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind, so that you may prove that is that which is what? Good? Acceptable and perfect. Agree. Agree. Agree with whom? With God. Not with one another. All of you agree with God. That is the reason why you know what? They are no longer two but one. Which one? It is neither the husband nor the wife. It is God. Agree with him. That is the reason why he says, What agreement has light with darkness? And I am telling you something. If all of us agree with God, you know what it says? If two Agree on earth, what will happen? If you bind on earth, it will be bound in heaven. If you lose on earth, lose in heaven. Agree with God. And you know what will happen? Power will be released in your life. And you will be like Noah. In spite of all the spiritual environment that is that is going through, is one man who stayed. What a man. I'm telling you, one of the guys we have to go and say hi once we reach heaven is Noah. Because it's because of him we are still there. If Noah is dead, gone. Noah. And the second reason, because he's an engineer. He's the first engineer in the Bible. Kya baat hai? And he built the first megastructure. We do, we also have National Geographic in megastructure. That will all perish. We know what God is building. He's building a megastructure called the church. This is the great mystery. Mystery of godliness. Mega mystery. 
and be a part of that. And what do we do? We work hard. We work hard, hard, hard. Okay, all children here become hard-working people and be competing with one another in hard work. Actually, both things are important. Hard work and smart work. Okay, in, the, in, in Proverbs, hard work is actually smart work. Just not hard work, okay? Smart work. Auntie, auntie, don't waste time on unnecessary things. That is smart work. If you want to become a, what, an engineer, don't play with your camera. That is for the director, not an engineer. Waste time, wasting time. Oh, no, no, I want to also develop this skill. It's useless, that skill. Don't waste time on stupid things. There's only one thing. Three things are important. Three things. What are they? Meditation, prayer, and worship. Meditation, prayer, worship. And you seek God with all of your heart. Work hard on what God has given you with all of your heart and excel in it. You'll be like Noah. Okay, let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this evening. A good God, your mercy endures forever. So many things to be learned through your saints, O oh Lord. In the midst of an untoward generation where the spiritual environment was absolutely corrupt, where people were absolutely apathetic to what was going on in the society. You found one man who was submissive, who was conscious about who he was, who found favor. And I pray, Father, that in this church you will find many such people, many of us, submissive young people, old people, who will find favor in the eyes of God. And Lord, you will complete your work in their lives. They will build a structure which will stand the test of time and which will be eternal. Built upon gold, silver and precious stones. May you find such people here in this church who will not waste time on senseless things who will have a single-minded determination to complete what they have started. Lord, we are all leprous, Lord. Yes, we are. But we realize, O oh Lord, we have no other way to go. If we turn back, we will die. If we stand still, we will die. And there is only plan A and no plan B for us. The only plan is to press on. To press on, O oh Lord, in spite of all the odds that are against us. And you promised in your word that you will not test us more than what we are able to bear. But with every temptation and trial, you will grant us a way of escape so that we may stand. Grant us grace, O oh Lord, to be absolutely determined, O oh Lord, in these last days to cooperate with you, with your spirit, to complete the work that you have started in our lives. Because you said, O oh Lord, that you are both the author and the perfecter of our faith. But you will not do anything unless we surrender ourselves with you. May you find mature brothers and sisters in this congregation this evening. And over the days in the world who will listen to this message, O oh Lord, will be challenged, who will be, who will be encouraged to have that single-minded determination to finish what God has started in their lives and to agree with everything 
that you have asked us to in your word, O oh Lord. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.